0: This episode of the Copper RJ Podcast was uploaded on the eighteenth of March, twenty nineteen. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. And how are you? My name is RJ, and welcome to the Copper RJ Podcast. Today we are going to be talking about LGBT things, uh, mainly non-binary and trans stuff. So I uh, identify as non-binary and pansexual, and I go by he, him, and they, them pronouns uh but i'm not the only one there's a lot of people out there and i am here with two wonderful people would you like to introduce yourselves guys uh, starting with whoever goes first
1: hello <laughs> um hello my name is fletcher um i identify as a non-binary trans man uh, and i use he him or they them pronouns
2: hi my name's hayden i identify as non-binary um I don't really mind what pronouns are used for me. Um, it's all a very new thing to me, so hi. <laughs>
0: um, I'll also, uh, just following up on Hayden, I am also kind of new uh, to the whole, like, non-binary kind of thing. Uh, but it's something that I didn't actually realise from my own perspective was was me for quite a while. Like, I always grew up kind of being like, I'm different, I'm just quirky, I guess, uh, it's the is the way that I thought it as but when because i knew about said like non-binary stuff and trans stuff um uh, over the past few years said like taking part in the lgbt community um but i never really looked into it which is kind of bad on my half but as soon as i did after i, I funny enough it was at a at an adventure zone meetup at comic con where i met a bunch of non-binary and gender queer people um where i was like these people um are the most relatable people i've ever met in my life like from like a a gender perspective and then i started doing research and literally on the train back i was like this explains so much of me and my life and just i (laughs) i went back home and told a few of my friends and they were like how didn't you realize sooner was the reply <laughs> I had from them. And I was like, I don't know. So I, I wanna know like both of your perspectives on this as well.
1: Yeah, I think it's kind of relatable, the idea of like researching something and suddenly everything makes sense because like I the the traditional narrative of like I always knew I was different, like I I didn't always know that I was like a, a boy growing up but mm-hmm. once I did I looked back on all my childhood memories and I was like this makes a lot of sense now yeah. <laughs> like now that I know this yeah, yeah
2: this, it was the same for me in some ways um but w- with like my sexuality and everything as well um I never really realized it until I was 19 and then I came out immediately got a boyfriend I've been in a relationship with him for like four years and never really thought anything more about it and then recently um I've been getting a lot more confident with like my sexuality and gender and everything and then I realized looking back at my life oh yeah all of this stuff makes sense so um I started looking into like non-binary stuff and things like that and I don't really identify fully with non-binary but it's the thing that I'm closest to Mm -hmm. um so yeah it's just It's like an explosion of all of this weird stuff that's just fallen into place the last few months for me, and it's very weird.
0: Yeah, I feel like there's there's nothing to be ashamed of, say, like, looking into labels. I feel like that's one thing that um, uh, a lot of people get nervous on. Uh, It it comes across sometimes as gatekeepery, just being like, oh, maybe you shouldn't identify as a label until you're 100% sure. Because even now, even though, um, like, I the meanings for say like bisexual and pansexual are very uh debated within the community but i i essentially identify with them both uh quite a lot just i'm i'm just there like i like who i like leave me alone uh that's pretty much how i'd like to i like if if (laughs) that's pretty much how i tell people leave me be i fancy everyone not everyone anyone that's a better word (laughs) Um, and I get what you mean about the whole, like, you fi- it feels like you figure out your sexuality a lot sooner Sometimes, because they're, like, when you're exposed to certain things when you're younger I'm not sure if anyone would, uh, anyone else agrees with me on that But for me, gender never really came into the equation Whilst I was growing up, because I knew, like, once again, I was like, oh, I'm different But as soon as I started hitting puberty and getting closer to, like, the sexy feelings was when it was like, oh, I'm dealing with this, and this is the only thing I'm dealing with. And then I I came out originally at 14 um, as bisexual to a very small community um, online. Uh, And then at 15, I came out to a few people in school, and then 16, everyone bloody knew. But then I went back in the closet because I got scared. Uh, and I went to college and met a bunch of new people. Uh, for Americans, college is like grade twelve, I think, for for Americans. But like, then you go to university. Uh, so in college, I was like, I'm gonna play for straight again. Um, and if you meet me as a human, I'm very flamboyant. I uh, I I take a lot of the cliches uh, that people tag shit on. I'm not sure if anyone else knows what i mean on that Uh, yeah yeah yeah
2: i'm i'm quite the same um i don't i don't really have a high-pitched voice or a very um extroverted personality but i do tick a lot of the stereotype boxes for a gay guy
0: yeah and Um, then people just stick that on you and the worst is when you come out and then they're like oh but we always knew and it's just like fuck you (laughs) that's not a nice thing to say (laughs) Um, yeah. I'm flying all over the coming out chart now. Like I'm, I, I'm telling the whole bloody story. Um, and then I, cause I went back to like being, being straight back in the closet, essentially. Uh, at 19 was when I found the word pansexual and I told one friend that I was pansexual and I was like, I don't know. I'm just trying to figure this shit out. And at 21, I finally... Came out to the world because I was like, yeah, there's no running from this. I like who I like. And now I'm 24. I happily have a a non-binary boyfriend now. And I am very happy and gay as fuck. I mean, I'm pansexual, but yeah, you know what I'm saying. So, um, other. uh, Fletcher, how is your story then of, like, coming to terms with this? Because I'm guessing yours is very different to ours.
1: Yeah. So growing up, gender wasn't really, it didn't affect a lot of my life. Like my parents were very cool with Mm -hmm. letting me wear what I wanted to wear and play with whoever I wanted to play with. And so it wasn't until I kind of went to high school and suddenly there were all these expectations for like girls. And I was like, oh, I don't like this. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I always felt like I was falling short of them but also I didn't really want to meet them and um obviously that's also when your body's changing and that's when I first started feeling dysphoria but I had no idea what that was yeah um so all I had was this like intense feeling in my gut that something was wrong mm-hmm. um and no language to describe it or skills to to deal with it and so yeah um for a few years I tried to like, grow my hair out and wear makeup and get good at it but eventually I realized it just wasn't going to work um and so I cut all my hair off and started wearing like shirts and suspenders and bow ties and I was giving off probably very intense like butch lesbian vibes Mm -hmm. which there are way worse vibes to be giving off so I I, (laughs) um and yeah but I think I identified as a not girl for a long time before I found what I actually was Mm -hmm. um so I I knew that it wasn't right for me and for a while I said yeah I'm just not a girl like I'm maybe agender or I'm non-binary um and then when I was 17 I was like no I'm a guy I'm like a binary trans man I'm gonna start testosterone all that stuff um I started it And somehow through that process, I became even less attached to the binary man label somehow. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, now I'm kind of like, I don't mind, like, I know the pronouns I want people to use for me. I'm happy with the name people are using for me, and I'm very happy with the things I'm doing with my body. And so I really don't give a fuck what particular label I'm using.
0: Are we allowed to swear? (laughs) yeah yeah it's fine okay if you if you listen to any other episode i'm pretty sure i always drop an f-bomb in the first two minutes (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah yeah. so
1: i just yeah so i i was kind of the same as you i came out online first yeah um and in high school i had a very close group of friends who were also all queer and so i felt very comfortable um Yeah, I felt very comfortable kind of talking them through stuff Mm -hmm. before I was certain, but I didn't come out to my family until I, like, I knew what was happening. I'd already picked a name before I even talked to them.
0: Oh, that's... Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think, in a way, I regret it. I think I would have liked to have had my parents' input, but at the time, I was like, I need to know everything and have a plan before i even
0: well i don't think you went around like don't be ashamed like you didn't go around in any kind of bad way i, I think you i think it was like a smart thing at the same time because it yeah um i don't know too like once again i don't know too much about so like the trans aspect of a lot of things but i know it's so, like dead naming is quite very it, it, number one never do it uh number two um it's from what i am aware of it's say, like if you got your parents perspective on it would it end up being very close to say like um your dead name kind of situation and like would that end up would you want to change your name again kind of thing yeah. um so i think and
1: also yeah there, like i see some trans people like will ask their parents like had i been like assigned the gender i now identify with at birth what would you have named me um and i asked and they had some pretty bad names, so if anything, I'm glad I picked.
0: Yeah, we own. go. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like I don't want your ones. Um, so, um, my my boyfriend is also a non-binary trends as well, uh, and is going through the process of uh, taking tea uh, in a few months' time. I believe mm-hmm. uh, and exciting. surgery as well. Yes, I'm. I'm like, I like. I. It was one of the first things that we like spoke about. He's very excited about it all. Very nervous. Yeah. Um, like the dysphoria is uh, very much a nightmare. Um, mm-hmm. for him and I'm trying to be as supportive as I can be. Uh, because I love him very much. Um, and like talking about, say, like all this kind of thing. It's, it's number one. It's very interesting because um, there's a whole like everyone has from a sexuality standpoint a very different and similar uh coming out story like there's <laughs> you know how there's like seven stories like seven different types of stories there's yeah. probably like five different types of gay coming out like lgbt coming out uh like stories uh yeah. and it seems to be very similar for, say like no matter who you are your non-binary come out falls into like three to five different like um ways like obviously they can that the responses can be very different but a lot of them um so like um hayden's is very different so like uh, realizing later on and like um coming out uh in a like <coughs> sorry i'm choking <coughs> i'm dying i'm dead um like we came out online first uh, and a lot of people i know came out online whether it be on fan fiction websites uh, for me, it was Habo Hotel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so everyone has like something like that, and I think that's one of the great things that the internet offered is the resource to the information to to understand what you're going through, as well as the people you get to connect to people who are very much like you. Yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah, with with me with the internet, um, I've always been on like Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook, everything. I've been on it since I was 13, probably.
0: Yeah.
2: And uh, I was seeing all of these people who were LGBT talking about all of their issues and their problems and everything. And I grew up very closed off from it all. Yes. And I clo- when I came out, I closed myself off even more because I, I was so insecure about everything in my life that I didn't want anyone to associate me with any of that sort of stuff and i wanted to just be left alone and not talk about it to anyone um and i think i suffered because of that and like last year i started going to the gym and losing weight and everything and regaining confidence and then after speaking to a few people here and there on twitter like part of the lgbt community on there i realized that i'd missed out on a lot of things and i hadn't experienced half of what I wanted to have experienced um so I just started not caring anymore and it feels weirdly liberating um to have like so many people online be supportive of that sort of thing whereas like growing up I grew up with straight friends all of my family members are straight no one in my family is anywhere near gay or anything um and a lot of my family were also quite homophobic while, while I was growing up. So mm-hmm. I just sort of, I just closed myself off for most of my life. Um, and now I'm feeling very strange about it all, because I've come out and I've become comfortable with my sexuality. But in the last, literally in the last month, I've started to feel some dysphoria towards my body and gender and everything. And now I'm going through all of it again. And I don't know how people are going to react to it when I finally figure it out. So having people online to speak to is always nice.
0: Yeah, that is it is a great benefit. Um, One thing that I see regularly posted about uh, for everyone in the LGBT community, uh, and that goes for everyone listening as well, uh, you will feel like you're experiencing your teens in your 20s instead. Um, Yeah. it, it, It is very much like a I. Um, I first kissed a boy that not drunk at a party, uh, when I was, how old was I? 22, I think. Um, in a, in in, like in the actual kissy way, uh, I lost my virginity at 23. We're getting very personal now. Um, and this is all because say like it, it it extended. It, It was just like a, I didn't want anyone to be right. Whilst I was in my teens, I I was playing for straight, which it felt like it delayed a lot of stuff for me. And when I finally became at least somewhat okay with myself, I was in my 20s. Yeah. Um, I did because I was very much pro LGBT, even when I was playing for straight and I was an ally um, <coughs> or am an ally. I don't even know how to like talk about past me. <laughs> um, it like... I was always supportive in in the community, um, but I didn't want it for myself, kind of thing. Um, yeah. So at this point now, it's it's one of those things where you see a lot of older queer people uh, talking about how that when they're younger you really get into the rainbow flags and like sh- screaming from the rooftops, everything, and then you kind of like mellow out. You're still very supportive. You take part. But you're not as loud about it. That saying loud makes it feels like I'm making the whole like straight hating loud thing. I'm I'm tr- not trying to sound like that at all. So sorry if anyone thinks that 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 was the case. Um, but I feel like I'm going through that teenagehood now because every but I still, I'm n- I'm not every Christmas we do the whole twelve days of Christmas thing. Fletcher, you were a part of it, yeah. uh, and fundraising and stuff like that. Um, but I'm not. I th- I think this is the first year I want to skip out on a parade, because I'm I'm I feel so at, at comfort with myself. It feels like I don't need to go, because I f- mm. I felt like before I needed to shout about it and be like yeah. But now I'm so internally comfortable with it that I feel like I don't need it. If anyone knows what I mean. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, I I definitely get that. Um, like I I feel like I'm certainly going through like a second teenage phase at the moment and trying to have fun with my sexuality and my lifestyle now um I've never been to Pride and I don't really like those sorts of events because of my anxiety and everything I don't like being around so many huge personalities Mm -hmm. um and I I definitely want to go to Pride at least once just to experience it and see what it's like for me while I'm feeling like this um but at the same time, I'm very much uh, sit at home and watch some of it on the TV type of person. Um, so yeah, I definitely understand what you're saying.
0: I still think that like viewing it is still like because you're you're, you're taking part in the, the that person that part of your personality that really wants to take part. So instead of giving like, watching it from at home, you can get, you get to control your anxiety and like yeah. as well as feeling part of part of it all. Um, One thing I will say, if you ever want to go to Pride, uh, and you want less people there, go to Cardiff Pride when it's raining, because last year it (laughs) rained, not many people were there, but it was a whole lot of fun.
1: (laughs) If you're uh, closer to the north of the UK, you should also check out West Lothian Pride, because it's only been going on for two years, and it's very small, and it is the
2: chillest, (laughs) because,
1: yeah, it's not a very busy part of the world,
2: so... Okay. Um, well, I'm. I live in Wales, so yeah, I'm quite <laughs> yeah. far away. But <laughs> I'll definitely look either. it up.
0: Yeah, it's, um, it. When people talk in the community, say like, do we still need pride? Yes, <laughs> that is fundamentally. It is we still need pride because from like, yes, a lot of things are are, are becoming more accepted, but still, you take a look at media and it's still not showing the things that we need. Um, yeah. Like shows like one day at a time. Absolutely amazing. There's non-binary like representation in that show. Um, a lot of people of color as well as um, just queer people in general, uh, which is absolutely top notch. Amazing um, shows like Steven Universe, which are uh, which are primarily like targeted at, uh, at children now uh, showing queer relationships and um, being comfortable with who you are um (laughs) sorry i'm umming and ahhing all over the place um i did it again i did it i literally just said stop doing it (laughs) um yeah it was steven universe uh that's one show that i super got into back in 2015 and i i absolutely adore because when they had a wedding episode within the show i i cried it was like i wish i had this when i was younger because i would have not come out at 21 i would have come out at bloody uh probably at 16 still and stayed damn well out um and felt a lot more comfortable so yeah. when people talk have about you fight, yeah
1: no i was just gonna say have you guys uh seen the clip from andy mack the disney show um because disney channel now has a show with a gay character
0: oh if you have this yeah carry on
1: yeah and, and so there's been, like, scenes where he admits that he, like, has a crush on a guy. But recently mm-hmm. there was a scene where he says, like, I'm gay. And I think it's the first time gay has been said on Disney Channel. So yeah, that's yeah.
2: pretty cool. I, I saw that the other day, actually, yeah. And it's pretty good. I remember they uh,
0: hinted on um, a show called Good Luck Charlie about uh, yeah. another character having two mums. But that's still not saying it. Things yeah. need to be said. <laughs> and that is such an important thing. Not yeah. hiding behind, like uh stuff so, like how to train your dragon 2 has a character say oh this is why i didn't marry and one other thing which a lot of people have taken uh to mean about his sexuality uh which could very possibly well be but also it's not saying it It it's yeah. not saying it if i was a, if i was a kid i probably wouldn't have clicked on to that uh yeah and still been like i'm i'm gay and i'm sad. <laughs> It's the yeah.
1: Dumbledore phenomenon. Yeah. As a as a big Harry Potter fan who grew up in Harry Potter fandoms, that's <laughs> the thing I always think of. Of like, well, you could have said it. Yeah. Would have been like at the time. When I was. That would have been nice.
0: Yeah. When I was younger, I was uh, like, even just a few years ago, I was like, yeah, I I I like like it, um, because like you never really see Dumbledore like involved in any kind of a relationship. So is there any need? of saying it that was my original thought about it but then retroactively um making him come out and then for having literal like prequel yeah stuff and not referencing it or doing anything about it's just no it's not right it's not stop doing your little oh we're gonna pander to the lgbtq community because they're gonna lose their hair lose their shit about it buy it all up It's like no, we actually have a lot more self-respect than now because we don't have to like, like deal with like little crumbs of, of queerness, like supernatural. You stupid gay (laughs) gay baity show. That show used to be so good. (laughs) I'm
1: rewatching it recently, um, and it's the yeah, the
0: first five seasons are like top notch. I mean they're still not perfect but they're yeah no yeah Dude. but like it, oh. uh, are, you, are you re-watching it because Travis is rewatching. is starting to watch no
1: it. actually I'm re-watching it because so my boyfriend is obsessed with Supernatural mm-hmm. um he probably won't mind me telling you that his name is Jensen mm-hmm. after Jensen Ackles <laughs> and
0: oh of um, course
1: <laughs> and he recently moved in with a friend who has never seen it so we were like okay we're gonna sit you down and watch the whole thing together um
0: there is a part of me that wants to like continue watching from where i stopped because i stopped in like season 10 that's around about it just got bad it just got bad and i was like do something (laughs) apparently one of the seasons
1: is really good like season 12 or something and then it gets worse again but apparently there's like one standout like decent season
0: Oh okay well i don't know I, I i maybe I will maybe i won't we'll we'll see <laughs> yeah. um, any other queer tidbits you would like to to mention either of you
2: um music for me is a big thing mm-hmm. um, the literally the only reason that I've been getting a lot more comfortable with myself this last year is because of um years and years. their their first single from their second album came out and I had to do a project at uni where I had to design a collection of clothes based on a song and I chose that song Mm -hmm. and I started researching it and researching the band a lot more and looking into their music a lot more and um, I realized it was the first time that i would listened to male artists Mm -hmm. and it of the fact that Ollie is gay and he sings about gay things and like growing up gay and having gay relationships and experiences and things yeah. and um, it made me realize that I'd never actually experienced any of it because of how quickly things happened to me um, and I, I I came out, no I, I, I realized that I was probably bisexual when I was 19. Mm-hmm. And within a week, I'd gone on Tinder, met my boyfriend, told my family and told my friends and I'd come out within like a week of it happening. And then all of a sudden I was in this really intense long-term relationship and I never really had any other experiences other than that um, until a lot recently when we decided to be open. Um, And now listening to queer music and finding more queer music and listening to what other people experience I feel like I've started to have those experiences and figure things out for myself a lot more Mm -hmm. so yeah music is definitely one of the most important things to me with um LGBT stuff
0: I think that is it is a great thing to like have on that one one thing that I've been loving is a lot of the artists from the late two thousands, like very mute, love songy stuff from the two thousands, really. Um, a lot of those people are bisexual. Like Jason Mraz, yeah. I was obsessed with uh, in two thousand and nine. I bought all of his albums, all because of that one song, "I'm Yours," and I still love him to this day. Um, I recently got um, a video of my grandparents put into one of his music videos because of he was asking for fan requests and uh like fan submissions and stuff like that and i cried i i proper did a cry um but he 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 last year came out as bisexual and i was just um which i was like yes because i was in love with you so much back then uh and everything that he sang out sang about is just relatable in in a lot of ways but it's not just him there are so many like love song artists i think sarah barellis is bisexual as well i don't want to let me let me confirm that before i tell the world um but uh one of my uh fletcher's mutuals is obsessed with her um and um was in the musical waitress waitress which, uh, oh I i'm s- so excited to go see that it was so good yeah. like i had so much fun uh watching it and they gave us pie um oh my- Really. Yeah, uh, it was for the first week, though. Like, I, I went to the second performance. Uh, That's so cool. I was so lucky because the, one of the other... Erin uh, had to bail, so I got the ticket. <laughs> <laughs> um, da, 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 let me just check. I'm on her Wikipedia a second. I'm just going to control F, bisexual. Or, wait, LGBT? Oh, wait, uh, it's a long time. Uh, our ally. Okay. It's um, fine her friend's stroke. All right, she's an ally. Um, I think uh i might be wrong but we'll like i don't know I, I, I definitely
1: know there was that someone said something about her song love song uh, oh, and yeah. used and used like he pronouns and she said it was never about a he uh, so yeah. a lot of people were kind of reading into that but apparently I think it, was it was like yeah on. about a record label that was it yeah but...
0: like, i remember reading about that because that's what alice also told me <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but oh that's a shame but there are like a bunch of people from the mid-2000s that have just come out as by and it's just like oh my god thank you i needed this because i looked up to you as a child and Mm -hmm. it makes me feel not more of a person but like there's more of me in the world it's like
1: i don't want to assume anything about harry styles but even just the fact that he is like waving pride flags at all of his concerts and being so like open Mm -hmm. about being a supporter and being a safe space for queer people in like his concerts and stuff is really nice. I'm a huge
0: fan of Harry Styles. And so that's lovely. I was, Um, I was never a fan of said like One Direction or anything like, I'd like probably their three biggest bops kind of thing. Uh, mm Um, but Harry Styles as a person, I am very much all for because his ever changing style, like, um, is very, say like feminine. Uh, And, like, also feminine-masculine. Like, there's very much, like, a tie-in together on that. And I really am super into that. Because growing up, I always liked a little bit of, like, feminine mixed in with, say, like, masculine clothing. uh, clothing. Um, So, even now. So, say like, um, one thing that Hayden mentioned about, say, like, my look on New Year's before was I was wearing a suit and a pair of high heels. And I'm a very broad dude like i i look like a rugby player uh on on most days i have hair coming out of everywhere i am a very bearded person so i like mixing styles and having that nice femininity within my look um because it makes me feel like more not more of a person but i feel really comfortable in it and i just really like that style and seeing um seeing other people do that um it just really it's just nice to see because I, I, not to put all men on blast but like jesus christ get get better style yeah it's
1: but that, that's something that has changed with me with kind of my transition because before i started testosterone i felt like i in order to pass had to be very masculine mm-hmm. which meant very boring most of the time <laughs> and just kind of yeah bland and now that I've been on testosterone actually it'll be two years tomorrow so um congratulations thank you um but now I have basically permanent facial hair and stuff Mm -hmm. and so I'm a lot more confident that I can pass even if I experiment more and kind of dress more femininely and so yeah that's something that I'm just kind of now learning to
0: enjoy yeah
1: um what
2: would your opinion be on? here sorry sorry i was i was gonna just gonna say same here really with like um mixing up how i dress and stuff like i've only recently been doing it and i've actually bought some skirts recently too and since i've been dressing a lot more fluidly this is why i've decided that i might not be a cis man so Mm -hmm. it's it's exciting to like mix things up like that. Um, and I think that a lot of people should try it a lot more. Um, yeah. cause being, being stuck in the mindset that you have to dress a certain way to pass as masculine or feminine is, is just so outdated now. Yeah. Um, and like, I, I see a huge amount of people on the street, even in Cardiff, just, um, guys wearing jeans tighter than their girlfriend's jeans and being really comfortable with it and not caring um i actually see quite a few guys walking around wearing skirts as well in cardiff which is a huge surprise um but yeah just it's a lot of fun and i'm excited to see what i can do with it and as someone who studies fashion design as well um, i feel like i'm gonna just suddenly explode into a this extremely femme person in the next few years um especially with like my body as well because at the moment i don't know whether i want to be trans or if i just want to be a bit more of a feminine guy or if i want to be non-binary um and sit somewhere in between so with my physical body i want to change it to be a little bit more feminine through like my workout routines and things like that before i decide on anything that's going to be more definite with like hormones and surgery and stuff
0: yeah uh one thing that's um uh, another friend of mine said a few years ago to me which has always stuck uh is when it comes to labels um you can find comfort in them and you once you find that meaning and know other people are like you, it is it is so great and comforting. Um, but for her, she said that labels are more for other people to get across um, who you are as a person. So uh, I, I wouldn't say, Hayden, don't stress too much about, say, like trying to figure out the label, just figure out being you because that is such an important thing um oh yeah
2: definitely yeah i'm not i'm not stressing over the label i'm more stressing over the stuff that's going on in my head going on in my head at the moment. <laughs> well <laughs> um there's people either way like i you, don't so... really care
0: there we are i just
2: yeah i just want to be me basically
0: that is a great quote <laughs> i just want to be me <laughs> <laughs> right um anything else anyone wants to bring up
1: and that's it for me Yes, yeah, it's pretty much all of it
0: there we go thank you guys very, very much for talking to me about all this stuff um it's nice to have a nice little non-binary chat um about stuff uh because i don't know well i actually don't know that many non-binary people beyond my boyfriend <laughs> so uh for me this conversation is very nice as well as well as spreading out to, to the people of the internet that non-binary people exist and uh, yeah just don't be a trash human be a be a great person
1: <laughs> yep
0: important to know <laughs> <laughs> all yeah, right I agree. thank you very much for listening uh, to the podcast and once again good morning good afternoon good evening and uh, good night and have a good week bye thank you very much for listening to this episode of the cup RG podcast this episode has meant a lot to me. I've been wanting to make something like this for a while now. And it, it does mean a lot. So thank you very much for listening. Talking of podcasts, you should go listen to Dead Air. A show hosted by my friend Portia McGrath and Bethan Jones. Um, they talk about conspiracy theories and all the creepy stuff that exists in life. If you're a fan of creepy Netflix documentaries, you will love this podcast. And guess what? It's free and you can go listen to it now. Popmage.com, a different kind of casting. Gotta get that plugin. It's also available on all good streaming platforms. Thank you and have a good week.